Noon Hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Greetings from Fort Collins, Colorado. As uh, Utah State picks up the win last night, they'll be playing Colorado State coming up on Saturday, but we're just staying out on the road, Hans. And uh, instead of coming back from Laramie, Instead, took the drive south, and we're here in Fort Collins. You're back in Salt Lake City. How you doing, buddy? Well, I kind of feel like I do this show with Carmen San Diego. <laughs> I'm always Where wondering in the world. <laughs> I'm always wondering, where's my buddy today? I'm always hoping you're not on the side of a road somewhere being helped by somebody that has bad intentions for you. And I, I you know, I worry about you, but you got uh you got the four calling safe, everything is okay. Yep. yep. Uh late game last night and thought, you know, I could stay in Laramie for another day. Um, but then I thought, yeah, Fort Collins sounds kind of nice. So drove last night after the game, got here pretty early this morning, and uh, it's not a bad drive. Uh, it's pretty easy. And, uh, yeah, so got here at the hotel about 1, 1.30 a.m., and here we go. Let's do it. I'm, I'm fired up. Everything good back there? Looks like the weather's starting to kick in a little bit over there, right? Yeah, we're getting some weather here. Weather holding up okay out there? Or oh, yeah. Did you drive yeah. through some stuff? Uh, the only thing I drove through was a little bit of fog, but other than that, it was perfect. I mean, I, I don't want to jinx it, but it is sunny. Uh, it was really good weather in Laramie, which is unheard of in February and it's good weather here. So, uh, I'll be driving back after uh, the game on Saturday and I'm sure that's when it'll hit and I'll get blown up with that. But honestly, I, I feel incredibly lucky for sure. So yeah, not, no complaints whatsoever. Was that D Brown's best game of his Utah State Aggie career? Uh, that was uh, a complete game, yeah. No, that was – and they needed every every point. 24 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Uh, he played 39 minutes. And, you know, I, I'm kind of curious about this too because they were talking a lot about altitude. When you came to Wyoming – because, like, you know, look, Logan, Provo, I mean, you're, what, 5,200 feet? I mean, it's – you know, we're up there, but – a lot of those players were really having a hard time. Now you go up to a mile high, 7,200 feet. It, when you played in, in Laramie, did you feel an elevation issue at all? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> yeah. I and, and it didn't matter how much I tried to act like I didn't. I felt it. And it was like the air was thinner and the smell was worse and the, the wind was colder and things cut a little more and fans were meaner and everything was more personal. It it was just a really tough place to, to try to survive. And, and there's no question. The air always felt thinner to me. And Lavelle used to say, it doesn't matter. You won't feel it. And I felt it. Yeah, I just uh, I had I had several players bring it up to me and they were substitute. A lot of these players were substituting liberally more so than usual and I was like you know and look look I'm no athlete obviously so you know I you know I'm 
I I had a hard time being like, well, you know, if you're coming from San Diego, I could see that, but from Logan, maybe not. But oh. you're telling me no, it's a, it's a real deal. It was the real deal for me. But as you've learned over the years, I'm just mentally weak and could not talk myself into feeling otherwise. I, I hated it, hated everything about it. Um, and I, I feel a little bit Max Hollish towards Wyoming about the whole thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> because it was, it was miserable. I could feel it in my lungs. I wow. just, I just look at this Utah State team and I'm starting to ask my, myself, what, what is this team? What are they all about? 21 and four. They're 93 in a very good conference. They just got a nice win against Wyoming on the road. I, I guess, how much does Colorado State teach us coming up here? Uh, that's going to be huge. That's going to be an absolutely huge game. I mean, Colorado State, they're coming off a loss to San Diego State. Aggies got them in Logan, but, uh, that game in Fort Collins is sold out. Uh, it's going to be loud, and it's going to be nasty. It's going to be a rough environment for sure. So that is going to be a real um, telltale sign on where this team is. you know. And if they get the win, then I'm like, okay, that's, that's incredible. Um, and if they lose that game, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker. They'll be predicted to lose. Uh, Vegas will have them as underdogs going into that game. So it won't be the end of the world if they lose. But, boy, if they win, whew, watch out. Let's go. Great Osborne had 20 points and 14 rebounds, three assists, two block shots, two steals in that yeah. game against Colorado State in Logan. So you got to imagine that Colorado State's probably all kinds of primed up, and you know they're going to be focusing on Osborne. They're going to be taking it out on him, making sure that he doesn't beat them. So it's probably going to take another D. Brown or another uh, – and False Love was really good in that game too. But False Love, when Lloyd and I came up the other night – that first half with Falstaff was like, geez, who is that guy? Yeah. He might need to be that guy in Fort Collins coming up on Saturday night. But excited to see Utah State, see if they can keep putting things together because this has got to be fun for you. So it's an absolute blast. There's no doubt about it. And you got BYU doing what they're doing as well. Um, you'd love to see Utah turn things around, and I certainly think they're capable of it. But uh, I, I do think there is a really strong chance if BYU and Utah State, if they finish the season strong and they both have, you know, top five, top six seeds in the NCAA tournament, which I think is really realistic at this point, I think one of those teams, I don't know which one, but I think one of those teams will be playing first and second round games in Salt Lake City. Oh, I think man. there's a really strong chance of that. Could you imagine that? I mean, first of all, what an advantage for them that that would yeah. be. And secondly, oh, hey, by the way, there are teams that get that type of advantage. It would be nice to see one of the teams in our state finally get an advantage of like that. That would be really nice. Yeah. But, Scotty, BYU's finish is brutal. They got to finish number 12, Baylor, at home. Kansas State on the road. Kansas on the road. TCU at home. Number 10, Iowa State on the road. And then they finish with Oklahoma State at home. But they've got... Oklahoma State coming up this weekend on the road. That's a tough, tough finish on on seven games. And you'll wonder how they can, you know, I look through that seven games. If they finish three and four, even in that seven games, that'll hold them in a pretty decent seating, I think. Three yeah. and four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the four losses being against maybe Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State, and then Maybe you take one of the Oklahoma State games or a TCU game in there. But 
Yeah, if they get out of that thing three and four, I think they'll still be in a, a decent holding. Well, and 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 you're right. If they hold that number, the thing that's really working for them in their favor is their computer numbers, which are just ridiculous. I mean, they're I don't know what their net number is, but I think they're still like top 12, top 13 in Ken Palm numbers. Um, and so that that is what's been really working well for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, BYU has a chance to have a really special seed and it would be great if they could if they could uh, make a little bit of a run in the uh, Big 12 tournament. They don't need to win it. But uh, they, you know, if they can make the semifinals in the Big 12 tournament, then, yeah, four or five seed, certainly well within the range of possibility for them. Absolutely. All right. We got a busy show. Uh, it's your jazz preview show. Craig Bowler Jack will join us at one o'clock. Tim Lacombe will join us at two o'clock. So let's get to it. Starting the lineup right now. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for your starting lineup. All right, Hans, uh, big news coming today. We knew that uh, the Miller family was going all in on the power district, and boy, are they ever. You look at some of the details coming in as to what they are doing and what they're putting together, it is just an incredible gesture and an incredible investment. We're looking at $3.5 billion, Hans, and what the Millers are looking to put together and what that power district could look like, including a Major League Baseball ballpark. It is a fantastic uh, venture in what they're uh, putting together at this point. It is. It's really nice. And the the renderings that they released today, there was a video. It's about a seven, eight-minute video that I watched. The video is great. If you want to go check out this video, Feel free, if you want to just take a look at the renderings, I did post uh, four pictures. You can go check them out at 975Hants. Again, that's <clears throat> at 975Hants on X. And you can see four of the pictures of the more detailed vision of what the Millers want to bring to the Power District. So a couple of things that really stood out to me. Number one, they want to really fe- feature the Jordan River. And they want to make it a river walk, and they want to highlight it, uh, build paths on both sides, and kind of emphasize the fairgrounds as well as emphasizing the new stadium, but kind of reshaping and re-imaging what that river is in that area. Um, I thought that the video really went into detail with that, Scotty, and you know, you hear all of our different politicians, whether you like them or you don't, our, our different politicians are on that video. And the nice thing is they're all in favor and they're all proactively working towards building up this area and bringing in this Major League Baseball team and coming together to support the Millers in their venture and their efforts. And that's all important. That's all very important. But you can watch the video you see them talking about some of the buildup. You know, the other thing is, and Scotty, I know that you jump over to that area, the west side, a little bit, and I jump over to the west side a little bit. I love going to the fair every single year. 
I go hit the red iguana uh, three, four times a year. I do love it. It's one of my favorite places. I, I know it can be just a, a little bit overrun and maybe a little overhyped, but it's it's good. And when you go over to that side, when you go to the west side, you, you see the different ethnic groups. And it is it is a wide variety. And one of our politicians was talking on the video and said, you know, not too many years ago, one in 10 Utahns was ethnic. Now it's one in four Utahns that are ethnic. So they really want to highlight what that side has brought to the state of Utah, which is variety and flavor and flair and uniqueness and diversity and all those great things that make up that area. And they really want to highlight it and improve it. Um, the renderings show a beautiful stadium. It, it is an open-air stadium. And, Scotty, I, I know that you've looked at the pictures as well. Yep. I'm sure you've got some opinions on, on what they're building and, and what that area is going to look like. It just – it. I mean, look, if this comes to fruition, which – and how many times, Hans, do you – you know, you're at maybe a, a party or you're at a grocery store, you're, you know – grabbing a, a hot dog at a gas station and somebody comes up and recognizes you and say, hey, you know, listen to the show. And 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 then the next question is, hey, do you really think this baseball thing's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I get asked that all the time. Yeah. And my answer is, I don't know. Uh, you know, I remember when, uh, when the rumors started to come out and then we started to, you know, hear about the plans. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if this is actually going to happen. And then when you talk to Steve Starks, and we've had him on several times, and you get his vision, and I've, you and I have known Steve for a long time, uh, privately, uh, professionally. Uh, we consider him a good friend. We've been with him socially several times. One thing about Steve Starks, and, and again, I'm not blowing smoke here. It's just who he is as an individual is the fact that when this guy sinks his teeth into something, it usually happens. I mean, it's just that's that's how it usually goes. Same thing with Ryan Smith, and that's why I believe NHL is going to be here as well. There are certain individuals that just have such a level of persuasion and are such a force of nature that when they really want to get something accomplished, they find ways to get it done. And when Steve Stark says, I firmly believe we can make this happen, and this is our plan, this is what we're putting together, I have a hard time imagining this not happening. And then when I see these renderings and I see the work and the effort and Beautiful. the time yeah. and 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 what this will mean to that part of the city is just incredible. And I do look, you know, I travel a lot and I always try to arrange my travel so that I'm able to come in after a game and fly in early in the morning and so I can do the show. Let's say, you know, I call a game on Wednesday night. And then I take a 6 a.m. flight so that I can be there for the show. And so I'll drive that. And I forget the name of the road, but it essentially takes you from, you know, the airport from, you know, that parking area uh, by Redwood. And you can just take it and it takes us right to the KSL building. And and that's that's right through the power district. That's right where the stadium is going to be. And so I'm looking every time I drive now, making that drive into into our our studios and I'm like, okay, that's where the stadium's going to be. There's the smokestacks. That's where it's going to look like. And yeah. I'm just thinking yeah. the transformation of that area is just going to be remarkable. And you're right. There's a lot of history in that part. There's a lot of 
uh, culture in that part of town and to be able to accentuate that with a beautiful stadium and a beautiful downtown or a beautiful area that people can go and get incredible food options and entertainment options and catch a baseball game. I mean, it's going to be magical. Yeah. It, it'll literally be just a magical addition to, to the Valley. And yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, it will. And you, you know, there's the, some of the pictures that I tweeted out, one of the, one of my favorite pictures is the aerial view that is backed up and it would be a view as if the camera was kind of southeast and it's taking a picture towards the northwest. And as you look at that picture towards the northwest, you can see the airport in the background. You can see our new fairgrounds that we just built and our new radio <clears throat> rodeo bleachers that are an absolute blast. I, I go out to the days of 47 rodeo every single year. And I love those fairgrounds, and I know that they've got a historical. Um, they've got a historical value because every time I take my dad out there, he's like, "Yeah, I remember coming out to these fairgrounds when I was just seven, eight years old," and and so they're very historical in in reference to um, many of Utahns that grew up in this area. So it's important to them, and it's just beautiful with the the Jordan River that separates the two and the the stadium is an open end stadium that faces out right towards Tempanogos. it's kind of projected scotty to face towards Tempanogos and then face towards our our beautiful salt lake uh skyline and and the mountains behind it and so i just look at these renderings and, and it excites me you know there are some things that worry me i i worry that it prices some people out of certain areas and runs some people out of certain areas. And, I, and I'm sure that's a concern of our politicians, and I'm sure that's a concern of the Millers, and I'm sure that they're going to try to take great um, great strides in making sure that they don't do that. But that's one thing that, that does worry me a little bit, because when you look at this, it looks rich. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really wealthy yeah, yeah. And, and really sharp. But that west side has always needed something just a little bit more for all of those communities to be able to grab onto and relate with. Yeah, and uh, I'm fired up, Hans. I, I mean, look, I understand we had uh, uh, Bob Nightingale on the other day, and he thinks that, you know, they'll probably make an announcement on expansion here the next year, maybe two years. So around 2026 is probably when they'll make the announcement. It'll take three years to build up an infrastructure and a stadium and everything else. So we're looking at first pitch. If it does happen, maybe in April of 2029, probably April of 2030. So that makes me a little sick to my stomach to think that you and I are six, still six years away from this potentially happening. But boy, if it does happen, my goodness, how great is this going to be? I mean, just I can't wait. I just I, I, I want this to be tomorrow. I want this to start right now. I do too, man. And, you know, I feel bad because yesterday there was a bit of doom and gloom. And I, I don't feel as good about its potential today as I did maybe last week. Yeah. Because I don't like what's happening with the A's. I don't like the fact that they're back in renegotiations with Oakland in an attempt to stay in Oakland. I wanted them to get out separate and i wanted vegas to start building and have that all wrapped up and done 
because then I thought, okay, now expansion goes. But the way the Oakland A's are drifting around right now, it just worries me. Like I said yesterday, Scotty, I do not want to see them get a deal done with Oakland to, to build a stadium and to stay there like the Vegas mayor uh, suggested. I don't want to see that because I think that really curtails what the Miller Group is trying to do with its purchase and its build here. So I'm I'm still extremely optimistic, but after learning that Vegas is trying to flex and Oakland is maybe a little bit more open to negotiation to keep them there to continue the money, that those things worry me. I just want those things to get straightened out as quickly as possible. Yeah. All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, DKSL Sports Zone. Jazz with a loss last night. We'll get into the Jazz preview show with Craig Bullerjack coming up at 1 o'clock. And then at 2 o'clock, we'll chat with uh, Tim Lacombe. Uh, but, Hans, uh, I'm here in Colorado. You are back in studio. And our buddy Dave hanging out with us as well. Yeah, we got Dave Nellis hanging out in studio with us and America First Credit Union. And, Dave, you've brought me in a very nice Arctic mug which I love. This thing is beautiful, man. It's got the America First Credit Union logo on it. Well, I brought that for you because when you were at our uh, grand opening of our Eagle Mountain branch, I wasn't sure that you got one. And I want to tell you thank you for coming out and supporting us in that great community and reward you for your presence. I did not get this, and I'm excited to have it. And that was awesome. Uh, the Saratoga Springs branch, or sorry, the Eagle Mountain branch opened up, and it's just right downtown Eagle Mountain City Center. And it's beautiful. Big open windows that point out towards the mountains. And you know what's cool is the the people that you guys have in place, from the higher-ups all the way down to some of the people that will be working behind the desks, just good people. We do have an excellent management team, and they've got really great vision. They've got a great balance of high-tech and high-touch, and that translates into the products and services that we have, but also the branches that we build. And so I love their vision. And you're right, that translates all the way down to the people who are working locally at that branch. And just super excited to be in that community. How's Eagle Mountain receiving it? Oh, they love it. They, yeah. they are glad that we're there. We've had a lot of people come into the branch. We had some great promotions for those who went into the branch and um, some good giveaways, but very well received. We're grateful to be in that community. Well, I'm excited to have you guys down there as well. And, you know, that's really what originally brought me to America First Credit Union was the accessibility. It was the convenience of it. And I know that's why you guys continue to build, make it more convenient for your people. Yeah, it was Saratoga Springs that was your closest, and it now was. this this branch is significantly, like seven or eight minutes closer to you. It so, is. It yeah. is. Because it was inconvenient having to drive a full 12 minutes, so it's nice to have it just five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's funny. You know, 12 minutes down to seven, that's great. You know, but we love being in that downtown area. It's a, it's a great community, a great development, and... You know, speaking with some of the leaders down there, Eagle Mountain is only about a third built out. So there's another two-thirds of that development, and we're proud to be a part of that. Well, America First Credit Union, you can find the location close to you at americafirst.com. We're going to be talking about rates. We're going to be talking about events because America First Credit Union has had some incredible events. Hey, I just wanted to say before we go on this one, nice commercial, man. You knocked it out of the park during the Super Bowl. That was an exciting, exciting time to be able to showcase um, a wonderful commercial. And love to talk about that. Love to showcase that to people. And if you haven't seen it, go to AmericaFirst.com. Tell me that was your idea. Well, I can't take credit for that. We have a, a fantastic team that came up with some brilliant stuff. But I will tell you that 
um, almost all of those elements and the design and the artistic stuff and just everything was created in-house. We have some very talented people, and we're very proud of that commercial. AmericaFirst.com. Go see why I love them. Go see why so many people love them. It's America First Credit Union at AmericaFirst.com. Dave, thanks. Thanks. Great to be here. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. I was just telling Jake when I got on that you guys are usually in a better mood towards the end of the show, you know. And <laughs> I remember when I was a younger coach doing the early morning parts. You guys a little bit more ornery, especially PK, you know. So I'm, I'm glad to be on the prime spot with you guys, and I'm going to enjoy this interview. Oh, he's giving me up. I've already enjoyed the interview. I think Kalani's work here is done. I just mentioned that earlier this week, and PK lost his mind. I am not. That, that was back then. The point I'm making because I can be just as crotchety now. No, I think you're in a bad mood now because it's not golf weather right now. But if, <laughs> as soon as the weather picks up and moves on, we can open the golf courses. We will get PK at his best. This guy knows me. He's, he's dropping truth bombs left and right here. This is Kalani's psychological profile of PK. Spot on. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, DKSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all having a great uh, Thursday. Week's almost over, Hans. And we'll have the All-Star break coming up, a chance to regroup, relax a little bit, let these dudes uh, get healed up a bit. We'll talk about the Jazz a little bit more extensively. But I'll tell you what, no LeBron and the Jazz still get kind of roughed up last night. Not good. Not good at all. No, it's not. You know. The names that roughed them up makes you wonder and worry just a little bit. And I, I know the Lakers still have great talent, even without LeBron James out there. Anthony Davis is a perennial all-star and an amazing talent. But then you look at it, and you're like, all right, but is he 37 and 15 on a given yeah. night? Amazing. Well, I guess when LeBron James isn't on the court, yeah. But 138 points from the Lakers without LeBron James, are they that? Well, maybe, but probably shouldn't be. You know, I, I don't exactly want to see Rui Hachimura get his shot in the starting lineup and go off for 36 points. Nope. And, you know, I watched this game. I actually watched it last night, and then I watched it a little bit more close this morning. Um, they do, uh, and for those of you that haven't seen it, there's a YouTube cut up on these NBA games that get released the morning after that it's just rapid fire. Um, important points. It's about 10 minutes. It's pretty truncated. And you, you can you can slow it up. You can watch it, take some cuts, take some ideas from it. And this morning when I, when I was just kind of reflecting and going back on it, you know, you're, you're watching it and you're thinking, okay, there's, there's a lot there to improve on. There's a lot there to improve on. And I was watching Keontae George get blown by a couple of times by, you know, two or three different suspects. Austin Reeves, who 
You, you know, I, I know that he's tricky, and I, I know that you've got to worry about him pulling up for the three, and you've got to close differently. But watching Austin Reeves blow by Keontae George when Keontae didn't close over when you needed that help defense, you're like, that's that's got to be better. And Walker Kessler was just outside the paint as Reeves is blowing by uh, Keontae George, and Kessler is not dropping the right hip, and he's not moving fast enough to try to make up the ground, which we used to see Rudy do. You know, Scotty, back in the day mm-hmm. when we when when we would watch Rudy Gobert, he made up for so many defensive defensive deficiencies. And you don't have a world class defender. Walker Kessler is a great defender. He's not world-class he's not potentially the best big man defender in the history of the game which is where Rudy Gobert is currently trending so so you know there's things with Rudy Hachimura and he he was using some different it looked like vet veteran mind tricks to get guys to push and close when he wanted to get them off their mark to make them look stupid in different moments and then get them to settle back as he takes a quick step back and hits a three. So Hachimura and and watching him mentally own the jazz, does that make sense, Scotty? Oh, yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. You know, and uh, go ahead. I'm just, you know, I just look at it um, where, you know, that was a game where you really needed to have, you needed to get that game. And, I just worry about where this team is at mentally. I just worry about where they're at emotionally. I think the all-star break can't get here soon enough. I don't anticipate the Jazz will win this game tonight. I still think it's a great opportunity for you to get out to that arena and watch this team play but um, and, and, and see Golden State, who's just been on fire as of late, and they've realized, okay, you know what? We're not ready to shut this thing down and go quietly into the night quite yet. So you're just – you just know that this is a team that still certainly has a lot in the tank and the Jazz, I just don't know what they have in the tank right now. And it to me, it looks, and I know David would come on and he would yell and scream at us for saying this, but it, and again, I don't know if the Jazz are better than the Lakers on their own right now anyway. I don't know if they should win that game right now, but it just doesn't feel as if that team is emotionally sound with where we saw him a month and a half ago. You're talking about the Jazz? The Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. And, and that's not taken away from who Markinen is, but... No, not at all. W- what I could see, and and this is such a hard topic for me because I look at Kelly Linick and I look at Ochai and I look at Fontecchio and I try to take the whole of what was taken away and you think, yeah, but how many wins is that really? Like, how much did they really influence this team? Only one of them was an actual starter, and he kind of worked his way into the start. The other guys were rotational. So how much should that really influence the team? Well, it does, because you've taken yeah. away the emotional support of Kessler. You, I think, and I asked David if it switches up things for John Collins, and, and David didn't feel like it did. But, I, I, again, I feel like Collins is lost again. And, and, you know, you started the season and Collins was lost, and then during that stretch, man, he was hitting his mark. He was hitting his threes. He was getting in transition defensively. He was at his spot defensively, rotated well, knew what he needed, needed to do defensively, and he was a huge piece of that big push. And now – 
John Collins now looks like he's not confident in his three-point stroke, not confident about where he needs to be, and maybe not even enthused for one reason or the other. And I don't know if that's because Fontecchio was next to him, and and I don't know if it was because he felt like KO was there if he needed to take a breather. I, I don't know. I don't know what this is all about. Yeah. But, but he doesn't look the same to me, and that's why I asked David how much does this affect Collins to have Alenic and, and Fontecchio and Olivo out of the conversation gone. And I also wonder how much it affects Marginan and and what Lowry does in a given night. But but to me, taking away those three, it might have more influence on this team than what it would be perceived just by looking at those three names. Yeah. And and Again, I think that's a really good point because if you want to be analytic guy and just look at the players on paper, Olenek hurts. Uh, but other than that, you're like, okay, well, really, really? Yeah. But when you look at the fact that these guys surrounded Walker Kessler, um, they were a huge part of what this team is. And I go back to when um, Ricky Rubio got really upset when he got moved on and he said – pretty blatantly that you can't overlook what chemistry means to a team and I think a lot of us are like okay well yeah but Mike Conley's a better player it makes sense yeah um and and we just kind of dismissed what he said and then the Jazz frankly were never really the same from a chemistry standpoint than they were that year with Ricky Rubio yeah um they were and now COVID had a little bit to do with it and and Rudy's camp and Donovan's camp started to have their issues um, I don't know if Ricky Rubio's presence overcomes that, but he was right. I mean, he was right. The Jazz, even though they're a couple of years later, they were the one seed, but they never had that chemistry. They never had that camaraderie that they had that year. And I think that when you start pulling pieces away, you start to hurt that locker room. It's more than just the pieces you traded away. It's more than just the analytics and the plus minuses and, well, this guy should be replaceable. You should be able to replace that kind of production. It's more than that. Yeah. Um, and you know it better than anybody else because you've, you've lived in those professional it, locker rooms and those college locker rooms. It, it is, especially when it's guys like Kelly Linick. It just – I talked about his soothing presence. It's not – it wasn't his points. I don't even know what he took with him. Eight points, maybe five rebounds. I don't know what he took with him. But it was his soothing presence. It was some of the assists. It was engaging the offense. It was being confident, those types of things. But, Scotty, there's also another thing that's kind of working against the Jazz right now. And I always hesitate to project on these things. And, you know, you try to watch it. You try to observe. But... I just talked about Keontae George and some of his defensive shortcomings, watching Austin Reeves blow by him or watching DeAndre Russell blow by him and watching him not in the spot. But he has his moments. But here's the – this is the problem. If I'm Chris Dunn, and, and, I, and I don't – I'm not attacking him and I'm not saying I've heard anything because I've not heard anything. But if I'm Chris Dunn, I came into this league back in 2016 – I've already shown you in a starting lineup or starting like minutes, I've already shown you what I can do defensively. I've already shown you what I can do offensively. If if you give me parts of this team and, and allow me to have my confidence, I've already shown you what I can do. I deserve that start more than Keontae George. And if, if I'm not mature enough 
to understand that the Jazz are starting Keontae George because he's the future. And if I'm not confident enough to understand, okay, so he's the future, well, what am I? Am I supposed to just sit here and keep my mouth shut, take my 16, 17 minutes in a given night? Even though I can hear the Jazz fans murmuring, I can hear people saying, hey, put Chris Dunn back in the lineup because he's better defensively. Hey, put Chris Dunn back in the lineup because he engages you offensively. You know, that could turn you into a, a heel pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. That could turn you into and, – and, and Chris Dunn never comes across to me as this, but that could turn you into a cancer. And, again, I'm, I'm going to actually remove Chris Dunn for this, and I'm just going to tell you, anytime you start playing youth – when you've got some pretty manageable veteran talent, that veteran talent could start chipping away and talking and showing negativity. Whether anybody wants to admit it or say it or not, it happens. And I'm just hoping that that's not happening. Because at this point, it's not about the season anymore. Just get it in your mind. This isn't a playoff team, and it's not about the season anymore. It's about Keontae George. It's about Taylor Hendricks. Watching Taylor Hendricks get whatever it was, 16, 18 minutes, and and go nearly 50% from the field. It hoisted up, at least hoisted up a couple more three-point attempts, tried to show a little bit of confidence. You know, watching Taylor Hendricks feel like, okay, here's my confidence. I'm engaged. I know I'm going to get my 18 minutes. Now let me just get comfortable. That's what it's about. And Chris Dunn has to understand that and help where he can. Because I could see that with with THT, too. I could see Chris Dunn and THT sitting in the locker room saying, man, what are we doing? What are we doing as a team? What are these minutes? Are we trying to win? And I, I hate to throw those scenarios out there because they could be wildly inaccurate. It's just stuff that I've seen in locker rooms that can be pretty yeah. er- erosive. Well, and I also think we ought to take a step back here and realize that um, – Everything we're talking about is in regards to this season, like the next 29 games of the year. That's what I'm referring to here and what how that will impact this year. I also – two things can be true at the same time. Number one, what you did at the trade deadline could really disrupt this locker room and cause the, a downward slide for the Jazz for the remainder of the season. And – Another thing can be true, it was the right thing to do for the Utah Jazz for future development and future analysis on who Keontae George is, on who Taylor Hendricks is, and um, and building assets for 2025, 26, 27, 28. These, both these things can be true. The Jazz may have done some significant damage to the 2023-2024 edition of Jazz basketball and also still done the right thing for the long-term future of the Utah Jazz. Like, those two things can can be very much true at the same time. So this isn't a blast towards Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge. Like, they're doing what they feel is best for the franchise for the long term. This is a long game they're playing right now. It's not just about this season. So both things can be absolutely true, and it can be the right thing to do, but it can also have serious negative consequences for this season. And I think that very well could be the case. Yeah. And then, you know, with tonight, and I know we're going to jump into this pretty much in detail, but with tonight, it's just a really interesting scenario because Golden State's coming off an emotional loss to the Clippers last night. And for those of you that didn't get to see it, uh, Steph Curry made some history again. He's the first player in NBA history to make seven or more three-pointers in four straight games. 
But it didn't matter what Steph Curry did because when Clay Matthews checked on the court, he took the foul when he shouldn't have, and everybody hates him now. And you see his team's body language and his coach yelling, Clay, 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 and the whole thing coming down on Clay. And then this weird exchange between James Harden and Steph Curry. This is going to be an emotionally charged Golden State Warriors team tonight with the Utah Jazz. And I, I don't I don't know what to expect from it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, hands on Scotty, what you may have missed coming up next. And Craig Bowlerjack joins us at 105 right here on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Have you seen the reports that uh, continue to trickle out that San Francisco really had no idea about the rule change in overtime? That's the coach's job. You got to make sure your players understand time, situation, etc. Do you think when the Niners said receive, Andy Reid was like, got him? That's I'm sure what Andy was thinking. Like, okay, they made a mistake. The strategy towards receiving first, because there is some, you can't win the game with a single score in overtime with the new overtime rules. So getting the ball third technically is really where the advantage is so that if you want to excuse the 49ers would be the reason they did it but they didn't know that i think the niners totally blew that super bowl i think they just absolutely gift wrapped it and handed it to the chiefs and i have no clue how shannon hand uh, still has a gig here jake scott and ben anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the ksl sports zone You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. Right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, DKSL Sports Zone. Uh, as uh, we're about 10 minutes away from Craig Bullerjack joining the program, we will uh, chat with him about the Jazz, what he saw last night, what to expect tonight. And then uh, I got to imagine he's pretty fired up for the uh, all-star break as well. Well, hands uh, again, ugly, ugly situation. It broke in the middle of our show yesterday. The, uh, the shooting at the parade yesterday, celebrating the Kansas city chiefs winning yet another super bowl. Uh, those are not fun times, obviously uh, horrific tragedy to say the least. And, uh, you know, and we try to navigate this with live radio. We try to have fun and, and get a few laughs and talk sports. And you and I aren't news guys, and, and that's not the world we live in. Um, we're not prepared. We're not educated for how to handle that stuff on the air. And uh, but but we, you know, we still have to talk about it. And uh, it's still it. I mean, it, it just sucks. It, it It's disgusting. It's horrific. It's just awful in every sense of the word and uh now more details starting to come out about it yeah so here's some details uh, the authorities there in kansas city came out with a uh, press conference today and they said that this mass shooting in particular that has left one person dead 22 others injured it appears to have stemmed from a dispute among several people is what they're pointing out and saying now this comes from police chief stacy graves said that the total number of victims is 23, including Lisa Lopez Galvan, who was killed. Yeah, she she was a DJ out there. Graves said that the 22 people injured in the shooting range between ages of 8 to 47 years old. The three people that were detained, two of them were juveniles, but there are three people that are currently detained over this situation. But just so everybody understands, it looks like it was a dispute among several people at least that's what kansas city authorities are coining it as that's what police chief stacy graves says 
that it's a dispute among several people and that everybody else was just um, was just a uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time in that moment. So mm-hmm. we'll continue to watch these details and and you know it's it's like Scotty said we we hate to try to jump into the news on these things because so many things are wrong and there's always so much speculation and we do not want to per- perpetuate any misinformation when we're talking about a situation that's this serious. Yeah. Nobody wants misinformation and there's so much of it in our country now. People just throw information out there so willy-nilly and then that misguides other people to make other uh, opinions and speculate in different directions. And, and we just don't want to do that here on the show. So, yeah, but as, as this press conference is wrapping up in Kansas city, that's what the authorities are saying there. It stemmed from a dispute amongst several people. Three people are arrested. Two of them are juveniles. And we'll see where this case goes from here, Scotty. Just, I mean, just ugly and horrific in every every sense of the way. All right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke, or excuse me, uh, Craig Bullerjack's going to join us coming up next. And uh, we will chat with him, get his thoughts on last night, look ahead as well to tonight and uh and again the other games coming forward for the jazz exactly where they're at and what we're looking at that from from them and uh but you're back in studio hands i'm in colorado dave nellis hanging out with us with america first credit union so many great things going on right now and man you guys are just killing it over there so much fun to have you guys part of the station and what you mean to us and what you mean to so many people in the community scotty i i just want to tell you i miss you this this studio is a little empty without you, and I hope you got oh, money for food. I hope you got, you know, comfort and a blanket, keep you warm, and just you know that we love you. Well, I appreciate that. Now we're just hanging out and having a good time out here on the road. Uh, Dave did bring me another couple of packages of the Fin Fams. Tim Tams. Tim Tams. Tim Tams. Come on, man. Dave brought me, and I'll, I'll get you this package this time for sure, Scott. I don't believe you, but I appreciate that. <laughs> this, this time, it'll be different, I promise you. But we were talking about the Super Bowl, and I actually want to spend just a little bit more time with this. Just talk about some of the details that went into putting an America First Credit Union Super Bowl ad out there. Well, it's a great idea, and, and <clears throat> it just kind of shows how maybe people um, are, are are not – getting the full benefit out of their money. And so it it's this little uh, little bit with the parents. They walk into this kid's room, and the kid is a, is a $5 bill. It's Lincoln, and he's sitting there, and he's playing his game. He's got an earbud in, and the parents come in and are like, you know, get off your duff, man, <laughs> you lazy kid. Why don't you go out there and bring in some new friends, bring in some new money friends, you know? And, and the kid starts complaining and says, what, you, you want more? And they're like, well, yeah, and I think that's every consumer's sentiment is like, how do I get more out of my money? And so it's pretty cool. If you look at the details, the eye movements, the the facial movements, the little earbud that pops out of his ear, it's just, it's really crafty. It's really creative, and I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's good, and it does say a lot. It's like, yeah, go get more of your money friends right? right. And, and bring them in here. Let's talk a little bit about that, saving money, making money. How good are things right now? Well, in 
in the rates that we see right now, they're really good. And, and America First wants to help our members do more with their money. And so it's a great time to be able to invest your money, whether you want to put it into a certificate of deposit. Uh, we can talk about a dedicated savings, which is a little bit different. But rates are good right now. And America First is leading right now in, in great rates. And some people think the, the longer the, the term, the higher the rate. In some cases, that's true. But right now, those short-term rates are powerful and they're they're beneficial to you to be able to, to maximize the benefits. Yeah, because you don't hear that often with the CDs, those, those certificate deposits. You don't hear that the shorter term would have a higher yield, but you have short term that's bringing solid yield for people in their investment. Yeah, right now that's true. And so a three to five month certificate of deposit, we're, we're giving you a five and a half percent. And that's it, awesome. You know, what's funny is this, the, those types of investments, they feel like they were for moms and dads back in the day, but they're back because as rates stay high, those stay as a solid investment. Yeah, we saw that like two decades ago, right? And and then when rates came down, everybody was buying, homes went crazy. We had we had great um, loan rates, but anytime the rates go up, you're going to see lending rates go up, but also savings rates go up. And so rather than let your money just sit in your savings account, and your checking account. We want to help you do more with your money. Get out to AmericaFirst.com. You can see the Super Bowl commercial in its entirety at AmericaFirst.com, or you can get started on some of that investment. Understand better what you can do with your money. Thanks, Dave. Go check us out. Yep. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.